Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. 2019. Can you believe it? 2019. Who would have thought? Well, we all thought. We knew we'd get here. But it's crazy for me to think about 2019. It doesn't seem that long ago, I guess, now that I'm middle-aged and I'm 46 years old. But back in 2000, like 2019 seems so long ago. And here we are, we're almost done with this decade. The crazy thing is that I'm watching this show called Outlander. And if you haven't watched it, oh my gosh, I was in Tahoe with some, uh, another family friends and I was telling my girlfriend, I said, oh my gosh, well, yeah, I tried to watch it, but I just really couldn't get into it. It went into the 1700s and my girlfriend looked at me and she's like, tried what do you mean tried? I was telling her at Christmas Eve, I'm like, oh my gosh, the show, I love it. I've in fact gotten the books and I have this little calendar, this little desk calendar with the quotes from the show. So 2019 is here and it's great. And I hope my intention for you is that you have a delightful year. There's going to be beauty. There's going to be messes. There's going to be calm, boring times. There's going to be excitement. It's going to have all the different emotions, all the different flavors throughout the year. And the one thing I invite for you is for you to know that you got this. You really can do this. And we're going to work on forward focus this year, forward focus. So if you don't know this, I love quotes. (laughs) I absolutely love quotes. They're one of my favorite things. I put them on Instagram. So go check out my Instagram, follow me on Instagram because I put up quotes and they are a great way for me to anchor and help me refocus on what is important to me. And when I coached back in the day, when I was coaching swimming in college, I had this indoor pool and the best thing about this facility were these two whiteboards that were at the end of the lane and we would write workouts. We post the workouts up there for the athletes so that they had some sort of a visual cue. But most importantly is that I would always choose a quote every week to, it would be the theme for our week to help my athletes anchor themselves, to allow them to focus. Sometimes it can be as simple as I have a sign in my kitchen. It says, we can do hard things. I wish I had that quote back in the day because that would have been something that I would have definitely shared with my athletes. One of the ones that I came up with, and this is probably like 1998, was believe to achieve. Because so often my athletes were getting in their own way. They hadn't been able to accomplish certain things in their past history of their as a swimmer. And so they're like, oh, but I don't have evidence. So there's no way I can believe it. Once I have the evidence, then I can believe it. And I was trying to teach them back then of, you must believe in order to achieve. And so I would have these quotes and we put them up there and we'd anchor on them. So I've always loved quotes, loved them. I have a folder that has quotes that I've collected for probably since I was about 20 years old. And I just love quotes. I have their words to live by and their words to anchor in your day. Just like I was mentioning with my athletes. I have coffee mugs. I like things to talk to me. So I have coffee mugs. I wore t-shirts with quotes. And back then when I was coaching there and teaching, 
So it's around the turn of the century, which is funny because when I think of the turn of the century, I think Outlander and the 1700s, but no, you know, 1999, 2000, it was about 2000, 2001. I needed a reminder that I could be brave. I was really down on myself and I had a lot of pity parties. That's back in the day when I was really good at building the campfire and I didn't fit in. And I was told that I wasn't being the good woman that I was supposed to be. And I came across this quote and it's well-behaved women seldom make history. I started wearing that shirt like no other. I wore it around all the time. And here's the thing beyond the words, I tend to dress in muted colors, especially back then. Either I was dressing in our college colors or I was in black or mostly black or grays. And this shirt was hot pink. So you saw me a mile away. Plus I'm tall, I'm 5'11". So I just stand out. But I love that quote, well-behaved women seldom make history. And for a long time, I didn't believe it, but I needed that as a message to remind myself that, hey, I can be courageous and have courageous conversations at work and department meetings. I can be brave and do things that maybe other people weren't doing in my department to be successful, always ethical and legal, all of that. No cheating. I'm not talking about that. That shirt gave me so much courage. It gave me the courage that I needed to fully show up and be who I am. And now you you can still catch me in that shirt. I, I have, again, like six or eight of them. But uh, these days I have a lot of other shirts with quotes. And so sometimes when I'm putting on my clothing, it's, so what's the message that I want to remind myself of today? What's the message that I know is true, but maybe I'm struggling with and I want to remind myself. And that's a great message. I have this other shirt. It's sometimes you need to be your own hero. I love that shirt because there are times when I'm having my own pity party and I'm like, oh, I just want the white knight to rescue me. But I never want the white knight to rescue me. I want to do it myself. So my favorite quote this year, and I don't have a mug or a t-shirt. I was realizing as I was putting the show together today that, wow, I need to get a mug or a t-shirt. But my favorite quote is by Charles Young. And it's, I'm not what happened to me. I'm what I choose to become. That is so, so important as we go into this year. And I'm going to talk about this podcast today. If you get to choose who you become. That is fantastic news, isn't it? So we're so great at telling stories of our past, story fondling, and the biggest mistake we make is that we believe that our past is what creates our future of like, oh, well, this is what happened to me. Therefore, this is only what I'm able to create. So back when I was at the college, I thought, what else can I do? All I know how to do is teach people how to swim. And I also know how to teach because I was a professor as well, but that's all I knew how to do. That wasn't who I was going to become. They were great skills, but it didn't mean that I had to teach swimming for the rest of my life. Ironic that I still run the Aqua Monsters. So as you move into this new year, I want you to notice the conversations you have with others. Are you defining your future based on your past, based on your past experiences, based on where you came from? Do you bring up your past results and you get there and get stuck with them? And that's one of the reasons why holding on and story fondling to our past doesn't help us create who we're becoming because we're so busy looking backwards. 
Notice the conversations of other people and doing this from a place of love and compassion, never from judgment, but it's so fascinating to listen to people talk and how do they choose to use their words? How do they choose to tell what stories do they tell you? Is there a lot of resentment? Is there a lot of past focus or they future focus? Do you let your past define your future? Are the conversations that you're having with people about, oh, well, I'm bad with money, so therefore I'm not going to be good with money. Are they, oh, well, I couldn't lose weight, so therefore I can't lose weight. Or I've never been really good at being a leader or the COO of my company made this comment about marketing and told me that what I did wasn't a value. So are you limiting one person's opinion about the value that you can contribute in the workplace? That's what I mean by we hold on to these stories and we may be 40 years old or 50 years old or 60 years old, and we're still holding on to that past story and letting it define us. And that's what gets us in the way of being stuck. And that's why I love this Carl Jung quote, which I'm going to tell you again. I'm not what happened to me. I'm what I choose to become. And so for me, there were pivotal moments that I made in my life of my past, my parents, you know, they really, as I've gotten older, I can really appreciate it because parenting one is the hardest thing I've ever done. And two is they really did do the best that they could with what they had. And with that, we all have our flaws. They also had their ways to numb, to take away their own pain, right? And a lot of that came in the form of alcohol. So there was alcoholism. I grew up in that. We had huge financial turbulence you know, my parents went bankrupt twice. So I fortunately in this area had made a decision that I was going to choose to become something different. I was going to choose not to be an alcoholic. I was going to choose to have a better relationship with money. And because I didn't want to go through those struggles. Now in that process of choosing as a 12 year old, and then as a 16 year old, and then in college, and then so on and so forth, some of the changes that there were twists and turns, it wasn't this straight lateral line that I made. There were a lot of swerves, a lot, a lot of swerves, but I made a decision that that was not something I was willing to tolerate. I did not want to be in those kind of financial predicaments. So one of the decisions I made is I only spend what I had. That was really simple. What was in my checking account? I only spent it in college. And if I pulled out $20, I felt rich. I really did back then. Actually, I still do now. If I pull out $20, I'm like, look at this money. Isn't this great? But I decided that I was not going to let my past define who I became. Now, again, remember I said it's swervy. So there have been times that, yes, I've worried. I was like, oh my gosh, have I become my parents? Am I going to hurt my family based on my own personal desires? And then I had to realize that that was not my money story. That was their money story. It was not mine. And again, they weren't evil people. They really did the best that they could. So I didn't let those paths define me. Now there've been times like when I was a swimmer and I wanted to achieve a certain time, I'd be like, well, I've only gone this time before. So is it really possible to go that time? really crappy question to ask oneself, right? Instead of focusing on the future and what are the things that I need to do to be able to create that result, that's where I wanted to be or 
I, you know, would tell myself now, tell my younger self now to be looking versus, oh, well, this is all I've ever been able to do. How often are you doing that? How often are you looking back at your past results to decide if you can do that in the future? And here's the thing. I live in the United States of America. My mom grew up in Korea and there was this thing called the American dream, right? And there was the land of opportunity. And we didn't have to define ourselves based on our past, on our family of origin, on, you know, who, who is our family lineage. You got to come to America and create who you wanted to be. We love the American dream because it represents possibility of changing our circumstances and having a better future from the past that we came from. And this is why we love shows like fixer upper and with chip and Joanna, one of my daughters, she loves that show. She's been watching it for years. And so finally, I think last summer I started watching it with her and I was like, Oh my gosh, I really love it. And then I really got into, I read their books and I loved just chip and Joanna's story of, you know, what they've gone through and that, you know, it would think, Oh, well, they've just totally made it. And isn't that great. But there were lots of falling down moments, which is like perfect for the show, right? They, they became really successful in the version of American success and having a TV show and having these booming businesses. And they've also had huge financial situations and falling down moments and so many things. But I love that show because their story, what they've done for their community, what they've done for the town of Waco, and then what they do for the clients that they serve and taking these homes that I look at them in the beginning and go, holy moly, And then how they can transform that space into something that this new family, this couple can share and enjoy and live in. So I give you that, like, we love these kinds of things. And that's why shows like Fixer Upper, we get hooked onto them. I do too, because of the American dream. It's about choosing who we get to become, choosing the space that we get to live in, choosing the environment that we surround ourselves with. It's also why I love Oprah, right? Big Oprah fan. I fell back into her. I think it was on 2000. Yeah, 2000. And I started watching her and she represents the quote that I talk about, about choosing who she became because she didn't let what happened to her define her. She became who she chose to become. We all know that she had lots of obstacles. There were lots of hindrances. You know, her grandmother told her that she needed to find herself some good white folks so that she could be a maid one day. And she made a decision like I did of that is not something that I'm going to do. I'm choosing something different. Okay. So those are the kind of things that why we love the American dream. And here's the thing that's so, so important for you is that it is possible. I'm not saying you can be Oprah. Like I always tell my Aqua Monster families, not saying you can be like Scott Welts and become an Olympian. But your kids in the sport of swimming, and this is why I still coach swimming, is that they get to decide who they want to become. And it's based on the work that they do. It's based on their beliefs about themselves. It's based on, you know, how do they take care of themselves, right? You get to choose that experience and be a deliberate creator of that. So whether it's swimming, fantastic sport, or in our lives with the relationships that we want to have, the work we want to do this precious life of what we want to create and how we want to be in our world. We get to choose who we become. And that's the truth, my friend. You get to create your future. 
So I want you to decide on your goal or your vision for 2019. Again, there's some parameters around this, right? It's not about saying, oh, I'm going to be the next Oprah. There's one Oprah, like Oprah couldn't be Barbara Walters. She first tried, but think about what is your goal? What is your vision? And for those of you who have spent a lot of time around that campfire store fondling your past, make it a goal that you can create evidence for yourself and get yourself some wins. Martha Beck calls them small wins, right? Get in there and So that way you can start to change the story of, oh, we'll see. I'm a person that never gets what she wants. That was one of my stories a long time ago, but change that story. So decide on your goal or your vision for 2019. Get clear without the drama of, oh, this isn't possible. You can never get what you want. Who do you think you are? You're not enough. You know, this happens only to the really good people. You're not perfect enough. All of that stuff and get rid of like, oh, I have to have evidence from my past you know, because, well, if I was never good with money, how can I be good with money? Go out and practice, commit to it, see what you can learn and cultivate. Because if I can learn how to cook, anything is possible. (laughs) Stop holding on to your past as your defining moment of who you are and limiting your future and anchor yourself, right? And anchoring again means like grounding yourself, taking this quote, I'm not what happened to me, I'm what I choose to become. Anchor yourself, remind yourself, tell yourself that thought 10 times a day, at least. You have 40 to 60,000 thoughts throughout a day. So 10 times is like nothing, but keep telling yourself that over and over and over and get it in your bones. I'm who I choose to become. I get to choose who I become. Tell yourself that over and over and over. Get that in there. Anchor yourself before you're going into a presentation, before you're having a courageous conversation, before you go to the gym, whatever it is that you're pursuing this year, anchor yourself in that and then become the person you need to achieve your goal. I've had several clients who have become, have gotten these really high level jobs and it's so interesting, right? This is the well-behaved woman seldom make history And what women sometimes will do is we ask for permission of others. We maybe have this high level executive job and then we say, oh, but you know, who do I need to get approval from to work from home today? And these are positions where that stuff isn't necessary. They've earned that right based on the value of what they contribute. And so one of the, one of my clients recently, I said to her, I said, well, what would a high level executive do? And that's been a great prompt for her because it's like, oh yeah, I'm a high level executive. I am responsible enough to figure out, you know, where do I need to be and what needs to get done? I don't need to get somebody's approval that I need to work from home today. Okay. Another great prompt that I think about with athletes is what does a committed athlete do? It's so easy to say, oh, well, they just have talent. They're just one of the special ones. They're one of the chosen ones, right? I lived on that pity party for a long time. I'm just not one of those special ones. Life just doesn't happen to me. It happens for other people. No, I wasn't willing to commit. I wasn't willing to do the things that a high level athlete does. You know, a high level athlete will get up an hour before morning practice and stretch and, you know, maybe drink or eat, and then they'll get themselves to the workout 10 or 15 minutes early so that they can talk with their friends. And then when it's time to go game on, they are focused. They're very deliberate. They're paying attention. They notice, oh, my head is a bit out of alignment. I need to bring it back. And they have that focus. They're not letting their mind wander. That is what a committed athlete does. 
and they're going to screw it up. They don't beat themselves up. They go back. They may beat themselves up, but that could be a, an area of improvement. You know, what does a successful business person do? Do they honor commitments? You know, are they a person who says, when I get something done, I'll get it done. Do they deliver? What does a good friend do? Think about that. What is it that you want from your good friends? Or what is it that you appreciate from your good friends? And how are those are the things that you can close the gap on yourself from what you are doing to what you aspire to do? What does a person who honors commitments to herself do? Think about that. And it doesn't mean you have to be perfect or you're failure, none of that, but a person who honors commitments to herself. And so sometimes when I'm going to the grocery store and it's a busy day and I'm like, oh, I'm a person who honors commitments to herself. I'm going to take care of herself, myself and my family. This is a high value. This is really important. And you're never allowed to beat yourself up. That's not allowed. You do get to reflect and look at what worked and what didn't work. And here's the thing about reflecting is that it's usually good to reflect afterwards because sometimes we're right in the middle of it and it's a shit storm or whatever. And it's sometimes hard to figure it out. So we need to get ourselves grounded. But after we have a bit of space, we can reflect what worked, what didn't work. What do I want to do better? Maybe it's about showing up on time to your yoga class. So it's reminding yourself that, oh, instead of thinking it starts at the top of the hour is I want to arrive 10 minutes before. And then you start to plan accordingly. And you know, when it's five minutes before, okay, yay me, I'm five minutes before and I want to continue to move it to 10. Or maybe you go from, you know, arriving late to 10 minutes early because you've been really clear about that. So right now, give yourself permission to choose who you want to become. Stop telling yourself the stories of your past as your defining moments. Look to the future you are creating. You, your kids, those in your life are not what happened to you. You get to choose who you become. And here's the thing, my friend, it's not a magic wand. It takes courage. It takes being willing to be vulnerable. And I know I talk about that a lot here and it's so, so scary. I just had a client email me and he's like, oh, I have to be vulnerable and I so don't want to be vulnerable right now. But he goes, I know that this is my area to practice in, to get the results that he wants. So vulnerable, it's uncertainty, emotional exposure and risk. It takes commitment. You're committing to yourself. That is your highest honor is to commit to yourself. It takes practice. It's not something that, oh, I can just do this. It takes practice. It takes a growth mindset. And that is the ability to commit, pursue, go do it, make mistakes, reflect, and come back, not define yourself. If you get the 64%, you go, wow, what can I learn? What can I get better at? What did I understand? What can I learn? Everything's learnable. It takes making mistakes. It's so hard. It's so vulnerable to make mistakes. We don't want to. We want it to be perfect. We want it to be polished. But it's so hard because we've been taught that we're not allowed. But we need to make mistakes, learn from them, and then move forward. It takes falling down. And one of my least favorite things, losing face for people to see, oh, you have fallen down. Look at you. Because we're not really losing face. We're just taking off the armor that was that perfectionist of not, who, not really who we are. Choosing who you become takes the ability to get back up. You're going to fall down, but get back up. Go try it again. 
It takes resilience, the ability. This is all resilience, falling down, getting back up, committing, going back out there, having the ability to keep doing that. And I realize none of these are like, hey, Corinne, none of these are yippy skippy moments. You want ease. You want certainty. I get it. (laughs) We all do. (laughs) But my friend, that's not how it works. Not how it works. It's not, oh, achieve and then you can believe. It's believe to achieve, right? You get to choose who you become and it's going to be messy and that's okay. It can be a fantastic journey. And the good news is you get to choose who you become. You really do. And then you've got to go take massive action and then you've got to show up. The bad news is you can't bypass what it takes to become who you choose. But I have more good news because it's totally worth it. And it's so much better than living a life of what happened to you. Instead, you get to be the deliberate creator of your life. Hey, I hear from so many listeners how much this show resonates in their lives. If you're one of those people, you have to come check out Enough. It's my group coaching program where we take all the tools and practices that I discuss here and we apply it in your real life with support and accountability. It's just not a book that you're going to read. It's not something you're going to do alone. I've got you. We will integrate these tools into your life. So by the end of our time together, you are actually living them in your bones. And the delightful bonus is you will have a community to connect with, thrive, belong, and feel safe with as you all become enough. Check it out at howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough. That's howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough. I'd love to have you join us in enough. Enrollment opens January 7th, 2019. I'm smiling big for you.